Welcome citizens, you're listening to New Amsterdam Radio, the podcast for creatives. Here, thinkers and doers always have a key to the city. The mayor is in, so office hours start now. It's New Amsterdam Radio. Welcome citizens. Once again, it's the mayor, Flobo Boyce, and well, I like to say I'm always in a good mood, but today I'm in an especially good mood uh, because I just got retweeted by somebody muy importante on my social media channels. It's a small wins. A little bit of recognition always goes uh, a long way. And when I get recognition, I'm feeling a little bit more of a pep in my step because I bet all content creators are just trudging through life sometimes wondering if you're ever going to hit that next level, what you have to do to push forward. And... Because of that, I think today's guest is fitting. Ms. Giovanna Schlosserberg, of, of, of her own publishing company and her own accord, has released a whole line of children's book with not only the intent of sharing good stories, but to facilitate reading and literacy for our youth and next generation. And I'm sure she had some challenges getting her projects off the ground, so I couldn't wait to sit down and talk with her. But before I do, I just want to say thank you so much for checking out all the other episodes here at New Am Sam Radio. Make sure you log on to newamsam.com, that's K-N-E-W, Amsterdam.com, to see all of the shows that I'm working on currently. And if you want to be a member of the Flopitos Book Club, you got to be a member of the Boisterous Crew. That's patreon.com slash Boys. You get yourself early access to the bi-monthly Flopitos Book Club, where I get to review some of the books I dig. So make sure you hit that up. Make sure you support the arts. But without further ado, here's my interview with Giovanna Schlossenberg. This is Giovanna Schlossenberg. Let's talk for a second. I am so enamored you're here on the show today. But you're not just a writer, you are an owner of your own publishing company? I am, thank you very much. I sometimes forget that. Um, <laughs> I know, I, I'm so obsessed with the writing part, I forget about the slosh publishing part. Yes, um, about three years ago, me and my husband sat down and we decided that we would open a small business entitled Slosh Publishing. We wanted to name it after ourselves on purpose. We really wanted to put some positive energy out there. Um, so we were like, let's name it after us. We're good, positive people. Let's start getting that circulated back into the back into the, back into the earth, if that makes sense. Right. So we started our company, uh, he and I, and we built it because I had started reaching out to uh, various, what I would call brick and mortar publishing companies, the ones that have been around for 15, 20, over 100 years. And the process of um, a, a mission, I just wasn't for. I moved at a really rapid pace and they wanted to drag their feet. They wanted query letters, which yes, I understand how to represent. But at the same time, I think that there has to be other pieces of the pie of how you get artists inside of your inside of your company. So what I decided to do was I wanted to keep going with the idea of these of this book collection being in people's homes, motivating them, uh, doing sharing these stories with everyone. So we yeah. decided to open Slosh Publishing where we could slow things down, make decisions on our own, uh, sell our books for the price we want, um, give our books away as much as we want, really have full control. 
Yeah, and full control is definitely important, especially at the DI level. You know, you want to be able to get your full vision out there. Uh, currently, one of your your titles is the JoJo Knows series, which is a delight to look at because uh, I know this also short films as well as the books. Let's walk me through that. JoJo Knows. What was the start of that, and what has it been for you so far? Sure, the start of that was I actually met my now husband in 2011, and so in 2011, Chase, my stepson, my now stepson, was only four years old. So um, as we were teaching him and learning and growing him, he would come home with his assignments from school and there was still more that needed to be done. We'd work on his sight words with him. We'd go through all of the applications, but I was starting to feel like he wasn't retaining it like I wanted him to do. Mm. So I started to be a little bit of a creature of a habit and started to jump onto the internet and try to find it. I couldn't yeah. find it. And I realized I've always learned if you can't find it, that means you have to create it. So yeah. I started uh, slowly creating different things to help his reading and retention grow. It started off really slowly with Jojo with uh, chores. Uh, we wanted to motivate him very early in the morning. So we created a chore chart so that he would start to be connotatively connected with chores in a good way, not a bad way early on. So in the morning we would have brush teeth, comb hair and AM. So the minute he'd get up, he'd see his magnet and AM, he'd go and do it. And then he'd move the magnet to done. So the yeah. minute he walks out the house, he feels good. He feels productive. He's done something good. Well, when he gets home, it broke down into PM. So now the minute he came in the door, what do I have to do? So it's say homework, get the mail, feed the fish. And the whole point was <laughs> for him to start to read, retain. Well, that was just one idea. And then it started to be with math and with everything. And my husband's a jokester. And uh, one day I was helping Chase do something and I said something about math and he goes, oh, Jojo knows. And I go, actually, I do know. And it <laughs> felt like a bolt of lightning. I yeah. go, oh my gosh. He goes, what I go, I, I need to go take a picture of myself. He goes, what are you, <laughs> he goes, what are you talking about? I go, I read James Collins, Good to Great. And there's a moment where you know where you go from good to great and it's undeniable. And I go, I need to go take a picture of myself. And he looked at me as if I couldn't get any more crazy. And here we are five years later, 25 yeah. books later. Yeah. And I, I, I could see all of those creative ideas being able to be shared. And, and since then, by really slowing down, caring about the people who we want to receive the books, we've been able to create the Jojo Knows Youth Program. It's mm. it basically in addition to, to the books. <laughs> Trying to be, see, I didn't practice that. It's basically <laughs> addition to the books. You know, yeah. the big part is after the book, I can tell kids just put it down and you know, they've read it. Well, we've decided to break the books down into a tri-level system. Uh, pic uh, picture books come into five categories and we've mm -hmm. decided to take three of the five categories and offer them as a form of our book. So mm -hmm. from newborn to four years old, we have what's called a board book. And this is just the kind that the babies can pick up, put in their mouth, do whatever they do. And that only has about 20 words. We then go on to what's called a picture book. And this is for your five to seven year old. It's got around 900 words. It's still got the same pictures, but it's got less words because they're still not quite ready for a long story. And the last book, the one that they're all originally written in are called um, early reader books, chapter yeah. books. So the thing that you're going to learn with your reader is from about nine to 12 is when reading goes all the way down in about fourth grade. If they win, not if, when they stay with these books, 
they've already grown with the book. So now they've already started to con uh, connect with reading and retention exercise. At the back of every book, we break down and we tell them to go find something. So on the first one, what word did Jojo use to describe what she didn't want to get into when she was talking to Craig? The answer, because we're on the podcast, we'll give out some exclusive, <laughs> is, is kerfuffle. Oh. Why kerfuffle? Because I grew up watching Judge Judy. Shout out to Judge Judy. Shout yeah, out. she went to my high school. <laughs> what? She, she went to my high school. Oh my gosh, I'm blushing. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, we, have, we have a lot of famous people. Ruth Bader Ginsburg, Bernie Sanders, Judge Judy, all of you in my high school, yeah. Do you know when I went to Hollywood, I got I went and took a picture with two stars, Hollywood stars, uh, Sylvester Stallone and Judge Judy. <laughs> I had no idea, that's cool. <laughs> oh man, this is awesome. This is what a great day. Anyway, so, you know, part of being a writer is you get to put those little things in there. Kerfuffle, like that's my yeah. little ode to keeping that word cycled in. These kids don't know kerfuffle, but their parents who are reading to them do. And these books are E for everyone. A lot of the halting was stopped early on because I would be filling out these forms. Oh, what are your books? I don't know. They're for everybody. Why do they got to be for somebody? I don't know. And I click seven to eight and I go, no. Quentin likes my books. He's three. And then I go, no, so-and-so likes my books. She's 25. And it yeah. started to dawn on me because they're autobiographies. They're our family. They are E for everyone. Um, a lot of books and children's books, the protagonist or the main character is the child. One of the first rules in children's book writing is make sure you write about a child. Well, guess what? I've been writing children's books for four years and I just read that the other day. Oops, mm, this yeah, series is about, yeah, oops, this is about adults because adults can be good examples. It is okay for a child to read about an adult messing up, asking questions, taking their child on vacation, admitting when they're wrong, not helicoptering the child. So I thought the way to do this is parents read to their children from newborn till at least, you know, that middle book, um, five to seven. So if the mm -hmm. parent is reading to them, they can grow with them. So um my friend Melanie, she lives in California, um, a great friend. We go see them all the time. We went to Barnes & Noble last time we were there. And um, what she was saying was, I want to get Quentin the Bernstein Bear books, but I can't because, you know, no, no fits to Bernstein Bear. They're my, I, no fits. I'm saying, she, you know, she's like, but, you know, they're early reader book. And I was like, Melanie, that's part of the tri-level. So now when she walks in, she gets to get the Jojo No series and she gets to get the board book for Quentin. She gets to get the early reader. So now yeah. the book grows, but also they become keepsakes because as you know, Quentin has that book, you know, she should have another child. They get to pass that down. So in a way they become these keepsakes and these kind of heirlooms. So. So, so was one of the things we came up with the Jojo No series, was it just one idea begat another idea or there was a lightning bolt moment where you're like, no, I'm, I'm seeing series, baby, to the moon. <laughs> what it was is I understood that what we were going through were topics, they were situations. So we could take each topic, any topic, talk about it and break it down in the form of a book, a beginning, a middle and an end. You know, some of the things I always kind of keep consistent are I from day one, I knew that they would be little activity books. So from day one, always thinking about that, I wrote them in the form for everybody. I purposely wrote the dad. I purposely wrote there's a heart on every page, which indicates my first page. You know, I'm going to you know what? I'm going to have to go to some interview training because I'm going to get out. <laughs> 
all the goods on these podcasts. Why not? <laughs> no, no, no. No, I want to have to get an um, interview coach and be like, this is what you talk about, you know. But anyway, you know, I purposely wrote it so that I, I want that reader. I want to take the responsibility of young readers and I want to take the responsibility. I, I understand that these are books that will be being read to them in their homes. I'm not going to get emotional on this next part, but I was talking to my cousin Jennifer the other day and she's like, you know, I read the girls, Jojo Knows RVs before bed. And I was like, this is real. You know, it's happening. These girls are going to sleep with these thoughts in their head of our vacation and what we did. And I was like, this is what writing is about. <clears throat> so mm -hmm. it's, it's that kind of reward yeah. that I like a lot. Yeah, representation matters. And, and I think, well, either between books or even cartoons, even stimuli, I think a, a lot of people, a lot of children remember the one adventurous mm -hmm. character they grew up with. I was a Carmen San Diego guy. Uh, oh. People came after me, were into Dora and Caillou, right? Like these are part of our, like our, our fabric. They're growing up. You know, yeah. like you, I think to better answer the JoJo No series, um, idea. I was a big Bernstein bear. Every time we went to the library, I went straight to Stan and Jan Bernstein. I was <laughs> hoping for a new book. I'd read brother, I read Bernstein Bears Dentist. I read Halloween. I read Kidnap. I read every single one. And I just always yearned for that next one. But the difference of these books is you can, I couldn't reach out and email Sister Bear. Right. I couldn't reach out and email Brother Bear. I couldn't write them. But now with these being autobiographies, you know, we're right here. You know, we're you know, we've tried to manage our family as far as um, socially as much as we could. You know, we we monitor him. But we've from day one, we've been instilling our home trust and how to act socially and how to do other things. So now that social media is here, if we hadn't done it before now, we, we, we're behind. So, you know, we are out here um, sharing our lives socially as we, as, we, as we choose, you know? And so I figure why not share them with our stories? Sure. And the stories are spreading like wildfire. I, I just right now, I mean, it's Jojo No series. I mean, national news. We're talking CBS, Fox, NBC, uh, because you. recently uh, you were mentioned to be a partner with Kids Need to Read. Uh, what, yes. I've never heard of the organization before. So this is like actually uncharted territory for me. Oh, no problem. I am working with the director of Kids Need to Read, Jessica Payne. We work closely together. Uh, she is one of the most giving and dynamic uh, professionals I have ever met with. From the day we have communicated, she has been on point, returns emails and calls. She really cares about the organization as a whole. She does um, deliveries to different schools in the area. Um, the Kids Need to Read reach is global. They're partnered with Highlights, which allows another branch of being able to get the, the program out there and exactly what it is. And the entire point of the program is we want to get books into homes, regardless of economic status, regardless of gender. We, we want to have a book in your home. But under the JoJo Knows Youth program, you get a book and a youth gets a book. In addition to that, when you receive your book, as you go to fill out the form, you can put your initials so you can have as much anonymity, but you also get to put a little message. I hope this book finds your way. It was right. so it was so nice. I hope you enjoy reading as much as I do, but you're also going to get an eight by 10 info card that will have what the child is learning that week. So in the back of the book, 
Uh, they're really meant for like a summer program. So imagine it's June 1st to June 30th, breaks down mm -hmm. into four weeks. So we go really slow. So the first week, June 1st through 6th, find the heart in the book. So all we're doing is making the kids getting used to connecting with the pictures. They don't realize it's going to take them a while to find the heart in the book. You know what I mean? Right. That, that's the point. We're teaching reading and retention to be fun. But what you're doing at home is, you know, it's June 1st. And you're like, oh, whoever got this book donated, they're finding the heart. But aha, uh -huh, what are you also looking for? Are you looking for the heart also? Yeah. And, and, and here's another surprise where it's at. So <laughs> yeah. that's the point is I think there's a certain connectivity you have with knowing someone else is doing what you're doing. So having said that, the first week, we, we it's, you find the heart. Well, the next week, you know, what uh, campground did the Sloshenberg stay at? Oh, you know, it gets a little, not harder, but we're starting to make you read a little more. But the best part is it breaks down per the tri-level. So the tri-level uh, Jojo New, Jojo Knows Youth Extension is a different set of activities than the early reader activities, than the board activities. So the board activities, you know, it's going to say, find the RV. Well, the RV is on the first page. You know, <laughs> I did it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a newborn. So as you're working with your newborn, they're going to start being like, okay, yeah, RV, gotcha. Apple, gotcha. <laughs> but then you're going to be ready for because you have the next level book. The minute they are ready, when they're kind of going through the book faster than you and giving you that look like, yeah, we did this, you get to pick up the next level book because that's telling you that they're ready. They're cognitively ready, but you have an additional four exercises to guide you. You have a different set of, you have more words, you have uh, different exercises. So literally the book grows with your child. Yeah. And it's, do you, you try to keep it as similar as you can with the, the imagery and the layout or is it kind of like, this will be a different challenge? No, each, the, each the, the one thing that never changes because it's absolutely beautiful is the artwork. Millie mm -hmm. Bicknell uh, is, uh, works as our freelance illustrator and she's absolutely amazing. Her artwork is beautiful. It, it tells the story. So that's the one thing that will be consistent throughout the books is the artwork. Mm -hmm. But um, the things that will change will be the amount of words um, and, and how the story more flows, you know, kind of land the plane versus uh, a heavy reader because my sister, my mother, all of us were heavy readers. So although I was five years old, <laughs> I would have hopefully been able to read the uh, early reader book and it would right. have been there for me. So that way it's kind of like a no child left behind book version because you, you don't really know where your child's level is at until they start reading. And I think that because of illustrations, because parents read most of it for them, they don't really know until all of a sudden your kid stands up and they're stuttering or they don't know what's going on. And you're like, right. kill her, kill right. her. What is going on? You know, you don't want that aha moment. So, you know, there's no time like the present. Um, for my most latest research, there's 7.8 billion people in the world. 756 million are illiterate. And that breaks down to about one in 10 people who cannot read on a fourth grade level, which means they cannot read or write to basically communicate at that fourth grade level. And then that breaks down to a whole plethora of other problems. So yeah. I figure if we can go right to the heart of this, if we can motivate reading, encourage reading in that dropout phase, the early reader phase, because I want them to be excited about this. But before that, 
Let's warm them up. Let's not make them think, oh, go find the heart is a bad thing. Let's go make them think, you know, oh, I'm I'm connecting with this book. So uh, the 25 of them was purposeful because, you know, um, I was speaking to one of my friends the other day, Miss Carol. She does my hair. She did my highlights. Miss Carol. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Carol. I was Carol. Uh, Miss Carol did my highlights. And she was like, you know, I buy my grandsons and my grandchildren books and I bought him one and he was like, oh, I don't like sports. And I was thinking, oh, I have JoJo no sports. That yeah. is the exact reason why there's 25 of them. So she can buy JoJo knows RVs. She can get a JoJo knows cooking, but all of them have the same reading retention. And then of course, you know, that day when, when we get that big sponsorship, you know, when we get that big sponsorship, I've got so many other ideas, you know, we've got the JoJo knows book box. So, you know, when you go to a friend's house, you can carry them with you so you can exchange them, you know, all those things that, you know, as a little girl, you were excited to do that you want to give other little girls. Yeah. And, and people can actually learn more about this by hitting up JoJo knows the XYZ and donate to the Kickstarter you have currently running. That correct? is correct. And also for your listeners, I have something I want to give away. Oh, what's this? It is an Amazon Kindle Fire. What? I want to encourage reading on all levels. I understand that not everybody wants to get a book. I get it. But we have decided to offer, you know, we have JoJo Knows RVs. We have it on Amazon Kindle. And we have a package in the Kickstarter program that allows you to get a self-illustration. Um, Belinda Post, who we did the KCTV5 interview, we did a self-illustration with her. It went excellent it was so fun she was able to kind of connect it's really kind of cool and fun to see yourself animated in a book it's just one of these experiences and so i want to offer that to everyone so I, what i wanted to do was um the first person who follows the jojo no series and can and can and can connect me with a nonprofit, an adoption agency um impoverished community i really want to connect um nonprofits with schools who can help us uh do the jojo nose program and the yeah. big thing is we've got it narrowed down is we only need to find one thousand people who want to be a part of the program. So basically 1000 people allows 2000 books at the same time to go out at the same time. So that's oh. all we need in order to really make a difference. So that's why we partner with kids need to read, but at the same time, we've broken the program down. So where you're as you know, oh, excuse me, an adoption agency, juvenile offender, um, Oh, my horrible handwriting. I apologize. Juvenile offender facility, uh, you know, libraries, special education, nonprofit after school programs. I want to connect with these people. So I didn't mean to make that too confusing. I want you to go to Instagram and go to at Jojo Nose Series. And then I'd like you to put in New Amsterdam. Anyway, we'll figure that out. We'll figure out the promo. Yeah. Okay, yeah. thank you. Yeah, but I we'll, do want to, we'll figure it out. I'm so see, that's the problem. I just want to give it away. So it's hard for me to make someone go like do something. Oh, for sure. But, hey, would you say free stuff? People will definitely, okay. <laughs> definitely jump at the car on the free and, stuff. And uh, uh by the way, I got you something too. Oh wow. What? But I'm so gonna have to cool. mail it to you. And what's so good, <laughs> so you remember earlier when we were talking and you were like, I just wanted to let you know I rooted for the Chiefs. Yeah. I'm kind of glad you did because I got you. 
Oh my goodness. I don't know if you guys can see this, but that looks like a chief shirt. What? It's in my inner Mahomes, baby. That's correct. <laughs> I'm my homeboy. So I am going to send this to you and I need you to wear it. I need you to uh, ask Patrick Mahomes to be on the show. Then, <laughs> wait, wait, this, this is a ploy. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, he can't this, deny me now. I mean, yeah, right? no, this is, uh, I'm telling you, man, those Chiefs, we got to talk to Chase about it. And we were like, Chase, win or lose. What we did, we inspired a nation. We inspired a generation. You know, people, every every day you get up, you live in the same city of what is going to be and is one of the greatest quarterbacks, athletes ever play the game. We keep our head up and every single day, you know, you get to see that. And the cool thing about social media is, is Chase, our son follows Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, after he had his surgery, kind of, you know, to yeah, <laughs> do the, the next day he woke up, he said, day one. That's what I wanted to see. That's the part of social media that I love, that, that Chase was able to be like, that's right. I saw this, and now it's day one. There will be more. We came. We saw. We'll be back. That's my. That's like my hashtag, you know. So wow. we yeah. love our Chiefs. I, I'm glad. I was going to send you this regardless. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, just whenever it makes sense, please. Rep our city. Um, I do a lot of stuff in LA, actually. Eric Lutz, uh, our voiceover character who plays Brian in our animated series, he works there uh, out in out in LA. So I go see him. I go see him. Work with him all the time. Just all kinds of connections. Deshaun Hill, you name it. All kinds that, of stuff out in LA. That's amazing. It, it's cool. And, it's, and speaking about connections, it says mm -hmm. that you're also podcasting on top of doing everything else. How do you find the time and what are you working on the podcast space? Well, how I find the time is I'm super nocturnal and I love Red Bull. I'll say that again. I'm super nocturnal and I love Red Bull. Um, so I really, basically, it's like um, there's a word out there called crespuscular. The okay. minute I found it, I was like, oh, yeah. It basically means you operate in a different time zone. So when everyone's asleep, that's when you're awake. You're activated. It's almost like... I feel like this giant care bear. And when everyone's awake, I feel all their pain and their sorrow and I can't fix it yet. So it's like when they go to sleep, I get yeah. to activate and, and do all this good energy. And so like, oh, basically yeah. I take care of what I have to do during the day. My, I, you know, I do all my responsibilities. I always have to make sure the boys are fed, house is clean. Cause I feel bad if I'm over here podcasting, they're hungry. So I always, <laughs> I always make sure like my chores are done. And then the freedom I get from making sure all that's done, it doesn't feel such task oriented. You know, I can see like, oh, today I want to record five episodes of Behind the Bind. I know it takes 20 minutes. I'll do that for an hour. I've got four hours there. My brain can just start to chop it down because I freed it from my other responsibilities. So a lot of the creative the creativity comes from when I do what I'm supposed to do. But right. like if me and Brian have had a kerfuffle or a quarrel, <laughs> I, I'm not as creative. I, I You know, we, we work so succinctly, it doesn't work for me, you know. So I have to be very calm. I have to just be in this creative space and make sure my family's taken care of. And when they're taken care of, man, I can yeah. just... I can I can write twenty five books. <laughs> right, right, and then some. So, behind the bind is a show where you read others' books. 
So what I do, um, it's kind of like your uh, New Amsterdam. It's just me and the phone and the books right now. So, so far I did a bunch of Christmas books, some of my favorites, you know, uh, Elf, uh, 101 Dalmatian. And then I switched over to the inaugural address edition. I'm obsessed with the inaugural addresses. I read them because I love all the language and I love how history is repeating itself. Literally John Adams history and presidential history is going exactly like what just happened to the T, it's scary. So hmm. I just read his inauguration. So I figure if someone's driving home, you know, and they hit play, maybe they'll just listen to this inauguration. And between me and you, we'll get through it together. But at the right. same sense, I want to, it's also there for when I find authors whose books, I just want to get to know how they got there. This amazing story behind the cover. Um, the it's so much that goes into writing a book. How you became about your how you came about your publicist. How you got it to print. How do you get to the store? You know, get author signings. Just so curious. So behind the buying goes with the author, and I want to know how you got there. So I'm I would love to do a call for action for any authors who are interested in me uh, reading your book and then discussing your process on how you got there. It'd be oh, awesome. Great. Behind the Bind, one of three podcasts in your network. Uh, I actually had the time to check out uh, Getting to Know You before we recorded today, which is a, more of a, a human-to-human -human connection of a show. Correct, correct. Uh, getting to Know You was... Um, that is... I'm excited about Getting to Know You because I really do like people a lot. I like everybody you know um i connect with my uber drivers i connect with uh when i go get fast food you know i'm the never met a stranger kind of person and everyone has these fascinating stories and i want the world to hear about them but sometimes they don't fall in these categories of what makes sense for productivity and business so i had to figure out a place that allowed everyone to be free and getting mm -hmm. to know is that space you know i did this awesome content with grandma carol where i went to my grandma carol's house my husband's uh, grandma my grandmother-in-law and we sat down for four hours and went through all the albums and my husband has a baby and she cooked my gram grandma carol's 87 years old she broke her hip got in a car accident and she was cooking for her elderly community. We made dinner. Then she walked her walker over to these people who were like, where have you been? I'm like, well, damn. She, well, damn. Did she play for the Chiefs? I mean, she sat so you know how I was raised where you don't go into anyone's home unless they invite you into their home. Right. So, you know, I'm standing outside the door and girl, I was like, well, come in. I'm like, well, you didn't invite me in. I don't do that. Like, he's got to invite me into his home. So, yeah. the, you know, the guy's like, well, come on in. So I sit down and he's looking at me. I'm looking at him. He's got like a rotary dial phone. He's like, well, what are you doing here? I was like, oh, Grandma Carol's going to be on a podcast. Well, what's that? And I tell him, he's like, well, I want to watch it. I go, well, I'll send you the link to your phone. He goes, does it work through this one? And I was like, ooh, I don't know if anyone's kind of thought of that one. <laughs> a rotary podcast, like a party line? <laughs> hey, I don't want to give away my idea, but you know, I did, I did, I did come up with something, but we can talk about it after the well, show. But, but that was the point, like with Grandma Carol, like, I can't put Grandma Carol on behind the bind. I can't put her on Wonderful World of Bookstores. Shout out, those are the other two podcasts. So getting to know you, we have a family edition. You know, uh, like you said, it's a more of a personal connection. My father-in-law, Norm, we've been working on this kind of book where I just ask him questions and he tells me these stories, which are outrageous, like he's lived a thousand lives. And yeah. I want to capture them. So I have a section for him. And, you know, we get to interview 
I've just got a little bit lined up where it doesn't matter who it is. I want to get to know you better. I, I, that's perfect. So it was it was a way for me to allow my creativity to do what it wants. Because yeah. if you try to box it, I don't like it. I'm claustrophobic anyway by nature. So when you try to box my brain as far as creativity stopping, I want to break out. And that's why there's three podcasts. Yeah, and and the wonderful world of bookstores. You were telling me this before we went live. I was like, you've actually traveled to bookstores, which seems Great. like another dimension. You know what I mean? But there definitely was a time where you can determine a city by how strong their bookstores were. You are correct. What's so crazy about this journey is, you know, it makes sense when they say you have to do a little bit every day. I can remember when I was going to these bookstores because there's 80 of them now that we've visited over the past four to five years. And I remember um, when I get off work, you know, about six or seven, I'd be like, oh, I'm tired. I'll just go tomorrow. Not to be dramatic, but it's not that there is no tomorrow, but I'm so thankful I got up and was so disciplined because it's not motivation after a while, it's discipline. It's knowing I want to be there. I want to support this independent bookstore. At some point, I want to share the world this experience. So it's in that moment being disciplined. And then three years later, you being able to share, but you don't know that. All you know is there's something driving you to go there. You have to go towards that light and that force or you're doing a disservice to passion. So having said that, I just kept getting up, kept going. And I always made my, I always made a promise to myself. If I go, I have to get something like purchase something, like get a right. sticker, you know, financial times weren't always to where I could carry books, which I literally have like eight books in my bag. So I didn't need <laughs> books, but I wanted to be in the environment, you know, touch the books like Charlotte did in Sex in the City where she's running her hand <laughs> around the dresses with her ring. That's how yeah. I am in bookstores. I'm like, ooh, it's coming with me. I'm so excited. Yeah. So I wanted to do something about that. And I read this meme, which it said, you know, open as many hobby interest pages as you want. I thought that was great, but I didn't know you had to use your real name. And I also didn't know <laughs> that when you did that, your friends and family could see it. So I opened right. up uh, JMS Quotes, Wonderful World of Bookstores, Squash Published. I opened like nine. My yeah. husband was like, what happened last night? I was like, oh, <laughs> I had this creative, you know. Yeah. Pew. Well, guess what? Now they've been there for four years. You know, now they're cemented now it makes sense why they said to do that. So with Wonderful World of Bookstores, that was part of that. You can have as many hobby interest pages as you want. And I just started, um, it was like, uh, I don't want to use that word. I saw Fatal Beauty today with Whoopi Goldberg. So I'm all nostalgic. I don't yeah, yeah. use that word, but yeah. you know, bookstores to me, they're very addictive. <laughs> right, right. Addictive. And so I would go and I'd just write. I'd write everything. I'd write about what I saw, the books I purchased, who was hot as an author now. I'd get up real close to their book and at them, just praying they would see the Instagram and so I could tell them all this. Yeah. Well, those are still out there and they're still the same dreams, but it was always my hope to turn the pictures into a coffee table book. I always envisioned that beautiful white, blue and green emblem sitting on a coffee table, opening it up and just feeling the slick pages of, of the bookstores and, and, you know, going to Kansas City and see Rainy Day and going to Los Angeles and seeing the last bookstore, which I love, which yeah. is on there, been there a ton of times. It's great. So, uh, obsessed. They have an escalator um, in the back part because they moved the history section. And the very back part is the American history section. Did you know I have to have them mail me my books? I get so many books at the last bookstore that they ship 
Uh, by the wow. way, you get more than 10 books, they ship for free. Shout out to the last bookstore. Wow. <laughs> Look at me with my shout outs. So, I mean, I went there once, it got lost. It came like three hours later. It's like, what happened? But I'd never got more than 10 books in one sentence. I'm telling you, it's amazing. I've got to visit Skylight. I've just got to be everywhere. And so I'm like, I've got to show everyone this. So Wonderful World of Bookstores, the first podcast will be out next week. It's where we take all the pictures. We talk about uh, the first one coming out is Deep Vellum. You want to know what's so crazy about the one, the first one coming out? I didn't know how I was going to choose it because my brain automatically wants to go chronologically because it's like, well, you were the first one. This is fair. But what I did was is I have them all in this kind of Google Doc folder spreadsheet. Uh, There's 80 of them. And I just picked a random one. And I was like, ooh, I love that store. It was Deep Vellum. uh, Deep Vellum. uh, I took this black and white photo of Beowulf. And I was just really able to connect with this really independent humble store guess what the date of it was it was exactly two years ago to the date of when i looked at it i opened it up to february 18th and it was february 18th 2019 i go well that's the first one but i'm saying two years ago if you would have said it's going to take you two years to put that podcast out i would have been like you don't support me (laughs) i'm gonna do it right now and you know i would have just been like you know, you're a pessimist. That's not what that meant. What that meant was there are certain things I will not sacrifice. And one of them is quality, vision, and passion. And what I realized with those things is they take time. I am now ready to creatively show you the content that I created two years ago. I would have loved to have shown it to you then, but it wasn't ready. But now that it is, I'm excited and here you go. And I can't, I, you know. Yeah. Can't wait to see the the maturation of the project you're working on. Thank you so much for being on the show this afternoon, Giovanna. Thank and now, you, man. This, this may be a, a Herculean task, but if anyone wants to follow all of your social media pages, now's the time to let them know where they can follow you online. You said that excellent. <laughs> you said that excellent. I'm literally, when we get done with this podcast, I am literally about to research and contact over 30 or 40 adoption agencies. Um, I'm looking for juvenile offender facilities. I'm going to be reaching out to impoverished school districts, special education, non-for-profit organizations such as Kids Need to Read. We work with them. We work with readertoreader.org. There are so many organizations who are wanting to receive these new beautiful books. And together, I believe we can do that. So I need your help. Help me. And uh, and you're available to be contacted on Instagram, Twitter, <laughs> Instagram, Twitter, Giovanna at sloshpublishing.com, Jojo knows that XYZ. At this point, just type Jojo. Apparently, that is trending with Jojo Siwa and Jojo the Bachelor. I tried to see if my Jojo came up the other day when I googled it. Um, yeah. No, I haven't quite reached that stamina yet. But hey, let's 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 see where we're at in a year. So. <laughs> Hopefully, it comes soon. <laughs> So thank you so much. And I can't wait to send you this. Uh, I can't wait to send you this. Go Chiefs. Yeah, go Chiefs. Dude, I'll be the most profile person in the pool when, when they open up again. It'd be great. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait to see you on podcast. And I can't wait to see you in this chair and be like, look, look, he's got our shirt on. <laughs>so much for listening to New Amsterdam Radio. Learn more about the show at newamsterdam.com. That's K-N-E-W Amsterdam.com. 
Until next time, this city is yours.